0: This is Across the Street, Across the Country, a production of DKI
1: Canada. I've switched in my safety boots for shoes, but you know, the concept is still there.
0: You can come up with a million reasons to stay put, comfortable in the job you've held and conquered for years rather than take on a new challenge. But all those reasons don't necessarily lead to the right decision, depending on the person. Today, we speak with two longtime DKI stalwarts who opted not to stay put, instead, accepting new roles with bigger responsibilities, bigger challenges, but bigger rewards too. We also check in with Kate Horton, CEO of Ronald McDonald House Charities Canada, about a very significant recent milestone that DKI played a big part in reaching. My name is Denny Gringell. Welcome to season three of Across the Street, Across the Country. Hi, David. Let me just check
1: here. Uh, I'm going to make sure I've got everything I need. Uh, Can you hear me? I saw your numbers and missed call, but I'm like, I don't remember hearing it ring. <laughs> so, if you need some time to get yourself set up, just yeah, hang up now and call me back whenever you're ready. I think I'm ready to go now. So you tell
0: me. We've spoken with David Goetz a few times on this program. He was always busy in his previous roles with DKI, but always quick to respond and meet our requests. One time from a motel room in Nova Scotia, where he'd been dispatched to assist with the aftermath of Hurricane Fiona. This time, however, it took some doing to connect with David, not because he wasn't willing, but because of his new gig, a bigger, more demanding, and time-consuming role. He's now on the road more than ever, but I managed to catch up with him late in the day when he was home and could have wanted more to just kick back, but instead, and as always, made time for the show. This time to describe his new job and why he made the leap, an upwards leap with more responsibility, especially with DKI's catastrophe response team. Why he made the leap from VP of member services to VP of essential services. David
1: started out by explaining it's kind of familiar
0: territory for him.
1: It's uh, getting back to my roots of being out there, helping homeowners in their time of needs and helping during catastrophe events. Uh, We've put together a, a very good cat team, which consists of project managers, file managers, um, technicians, coordinators, and uh, and just uh, general laborers as well. So making sure that everyone knows uh, exactly what their roles are and responsibilities are within the organization and how they can support DKI and the membership during a CAT event.
0: Well, this responsibility is bigger for you now too. Can you compare it to the level of responsibility you had with your previous
1: job? I would say the the biggest change now is is having more responsibility of people reporting to me. That feeling of making sure that they have all the tools that are needed so they are successful uh, in their position and during their days is a new, not new to me, but uh, new for me within DKI. Well, let me ask you, how many people do you have reporting to you now? Uh, two project managers, coordinator, file manager, and uh, three technicians. So about uh, six or seven uh, full-time staff in the CAT team.
0: What was that adjustment period for you to, to assume that much of a bigger role? Like I, I know you said that you managed people, but it sounds like you're managing more of them now. So what's that adjustment period been like for you?
1: It's been really good because we have such a great team. Uh, everybody really works together within the CAT team and has the understanding that we have to pull through it together if we want to be successful. I had the opportunity to work in the field with most of the uh, staff when I wasn't in the position I'm in now, uh, just working out in Halifax during the, uh, the flooding back in July and August. So it was it was great to be out there, uh, boots on the ground, working with them and now also showing them different aspects of the jobs from the management level. Uh, you know, within the DKI family, Chris and the senior executive team has, have always done that for for everybody at head office. But now having that responsibility of making sure I can transfer that down to the staff as well.
0: I'm sure you could have kept your your former position I'm sure Chris Schmidt would have been fine with that I, I just wonder how much did you ponder because it is a bigger it's a bigger responsibility
1: yeah I did uh, I did think about it for for quite a, quite some time when when the opportunity presented itself to me and and the deciding factor for me was how uh, how I can bring value to the membership. Um, I'm sure within the role that I was in, I could bring value, but I also thought that I could bring in more value to the members taking on the leadership role with the with the catastrophe team, opposed to having somebody else come in that may or may not work with our system. I had already been trained, I already understood the, the goal, the focus, the direction of where we wanted to take the CAT team. Um, so it made it uh, an easier transition for me.
0: But in your own personal life, David, because you have a life outside of work, like all of us, how did you balance that commitment your, what is a clear dedication to DKI? How did you balance all of that with your commitment to just, you know, doing what's right for you and your family?
1: Yeah, well, it was a big conversation for my family and and having, you know, the commitment from them as well, them understanding that when cats hit, there may be a time where where i'm unavailable and and on the road and and i needed to to have the commitment from them as well and the support from them before i did make that decision but uh, i've been in the industry for close to 25 years now and this is is not uh, not new being having to pick up and and move out when catastrophes hit. So um, it was great having the support from them as well.
0: It sounds like it wasn't as big a transition for them. Maybe they kind of knew what to expect. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can now put your own stamp on this as VP of Essential Services. What what ideas, what goals do you have for the future with you now in charge steering the ship?
1: Yeah, the goals are not just for the cat, but, but how we can fully bring um, value to the membership. What other services within essential services can we offer, whether it be remote file manager assistance or labor assistance. Really, we want to just create as much value for, for DKI and the DKI members as we possibly can.
0: You know, that thing that everyone has, that non-job passion, that diversion that everybody wants, everybody needs, and I'm hoping you can share what yours is with us. How important is that in your life now? Just that, that thing that takes you away from work?
1: Yeah, for for me, it's really the you know work is work, and then family time is family time. So having having that uh, that time for for me and my family, we really enjoy camping and and getting out outdoors uh, together, taking taking walks or hikes together. So it's just making sure that we set aside that time as well.
0: Anytime you and I have spoken either via zoom or in person, you know, I think you're always in work clothes. I remember when you were out in Halifax and it was clear that you were on site, you know, you're, you're ready to put your boots on the ground. You're ready to carry buckets, whatever it takes. And then when I see the official announcement of your promotion, I see a guy in a in a suit and a tie. So tell me about the relationship between those two Davids, that guy who's going to put his boots on to get on site, but also is now, you know, very much a, in a corporate position.
1: Yeah, I'm just taking it from a different uh, different perspective, I guess. You know, I've switched in my safety boots for shoes or dress shoes, if you will. But, you know, the concept is still there. What can I transfer down to the people? What training can I give them, whether it's be on site and giving them the experiences that I've had over the years or now transferring the you know, the experiences I've had from the office side of things, be it a project manager or coordinator, how can I help uh, progress our team into to their roles better? It's more than these four walls, it's more than just bricks and paint, it's more than just diamond rings and
2: championship
3: for
1: Hi, I'm Dave Getz, Vice President of Essential Services with DKI Canada, and you're listening to Across the Street, Across the Country. My
0: thanks to David Goetz for making time for us. Hey, give this a listen.
3: And both the Ronald McDonald houses and the Ronald McDonald family rooms give families a place where they can be together, they can heal together, they can be close to their sick child, sleep, share meals, do laundry be supported by other families, and ultimately receive compassionate care as a family unit that hopefully makes their unexpected journey a little bit easier.
0: That is from Episode 5, Kate Horton of Ronald McDonald House Charities, describing the specialness of that very special organization. An organization that DKI actively supports through various fundraising initiatives across the country. And recently, all that work has paid off literally in reaching a very significant milestone – in the form of $250,000 raised for the very worthy cause. Kate Horton is the CEO of Ronald McDonald House Charities. She joins me on the line now. Kate, thanks so much for making a return visit to Across the Street, Across the Country.
3: Denise, thanks so so much for having me. Hey,
0: what does this $250,000, or I guess I can say quarter million as well, what does that milestone mean to Ronald McDonald House Charities?
3: What strikes me most in celebrating this incredible achievement from DKI members across the country is that truly, for so many years now, our partnership has focused on one aim, which is to bring families home. Through this new, as you say, I love it, quarter of a million dollar achievement, um, DKI members are making that difference in bringing families home in numbers that are unprecedented and, uh, you know, a new high watermark, certainly, in our partnership. And um, what's most exciting is, I think, the sentiment I've heard is that we've only really just begun. We're only scratching the surface of what we can do together. But just to give you a flavor of, of what that milestone means by the numbers, 546% increase from last year. So, you know, really um, just a huge shout out to the members across the country who set a bold and ambitious goal and then just went out there community by community and made it happen. So inspiring to see the activity and the engagement and the hard work and effort and commitment that went into achieving that goal. Um, To give you a sense of what it means uh, in terms of the mission, that's 1,563 nights of stay for families with sick children um, in RMHC houses and family rooms right across the country. Um, What that means For one family, for hundreds of families, and for the families that we don't have to turn away because partners like DKI are stepping up and ensuring that that essential service is there for families when they need it most.
0: You used that number. I'm still getting my head around that 546%. And and I know we always set lofty goals and and we work towards Mm -hmm. those goals, but that's such a large number. How surprised were you when you looked at the books and went, uh, okay, you had to have thought that this was higher than even you could have projected?
3: I'll say maybe surprised, but not surprised, because having had the privilege of meeting a few members across the country over the last few years, there is a spirit and a culture of caring that I think is very authentic to the values of DKI. And so on that sense, I'm not surprised at all. Um, And I think there's tremendous opportunity and potential for um, what we can continue to do together.
0: Well, as you know, Ronald McDonald House has a a very special relationship with one of our members, Dan Mm -hmm. Fitzpatrick, who we had on on an earlier episode describing his own relationship with it as a child and and certainly the relationship his parents have with the place.
3: No one ever expects to need a Ronald McDonald House. Um, And yet um, when they do and the house is there and a room is available and, um, you know, the compassion and care and community That um, provides a little bit of comfort and a little bit of normal to families when their life is turned upside down in the nanosecond and not easy. Every parent and caregivers worst nightmare Um, but the fact that RMHC can be there for that family and so many other families thanks to DKI um, is you know is what drives and inspires us to do more. My name is Kate Horton, Chief Executive Officer of Rama McDonald House Charities Canada, and you're listening to Across the Street, Across the Country.
0: Our show is a production of DKI Canada, which actively contributes to creating a better future through environmental protection and social responsibility. Focused on leaving things better than DKI found them, DKI is committed to using environmentally sustainable cleaning products Mitigating risk in environmentally sustainable ways. Whether it's an emergency response, water damage mitigation, fire and contents cleaning, mold remediation, or a complete reconstruction, DKI members are available 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. If you are ever in need of emergency assistance, the number is 1-855-DKI-TODAY. That's (music) 1-855-354-2329. As we mentioned at the top of the show, change can, and usually does, present challenges. But some people not only embrace those challenges, but downright depend on them. It drives them. Take Peter Hickey, for instance. Peter's career path started as a practicing lawyer. He remains a member of the Law Society of New Brunswick. He then earned a Master's of Business Administration, eventually becoming DKI Director for Atlantic Canada a position he gave up recently to become DKI's director, National Programs Group. I spoke with Peter, a lifelong maritimer from his home in St. John, New Brunswick.
2: I did some some business law courses in my undergrad as well, and that sort of led me to law. Um, going into law school, I was I was never... You know, I never necessarily envisioned myself as as a as a private practice lawyer, um, but I, you know, that's kind of the natural beginning point with everyone who graduates with a law degree. So did that for a few years and again, like had its good moments, um, but again, knew that wasn't go- going to be a, a career for me. So made the decision to go back and do my MBA. I had always been more interested in, in the business side of things. So I thought the MBA would be a nice compliment. I started into this industry through the family business. So that was kind of always on my radar as well. So um, when I had done my, finished my MBA, that was sort of the the next landing point and, and felt like I had some good good education behind me to, to be able to take that on. I am someone that really likes learning. So, uh, you know, to me, it, it wasn't this big sacrifice, really. I was pretty young when I did it graduated from from law school I think I was 25 um, worked for a few years so you know I was, I was still going back to school in my in my 20s I enjoy learning I, I enjoy being in, in school I am done now <laughs> officially <laughs> uh, I have no no desire to kind of go back at this point still want to keep learning and what I'm doing but uh, the, the the formality or, or the you know back in a classroom is probably not going to happen.
0: What did you learn about the industry, and and I guess yourself just working in administration in one of your first jobs with your uncle's DKI outlet? Yeah,
2: I, I learned everything. Um, I learned I knew nothing about the the industry really going in. That was my education those first few years. I ended up staying there for five years. I credit them for where I'm at today for sure. I would have never been in the industry itself. Very green in in terms of what I knew about the industry. So. Luckily and thankfully, they gave me a role that, uh, you know, I was able to kind of have some influence in, in what was going on and and uh, really knew the ins and outs of the of the business. So I uh, really gained a good appreciation and foundation for what I'm doing now, for sure. So for me, it was this brand new thing. Um, it was a brand new industry. I saw lots of opportunity within the industry. Um, and so I just wanted to keep on learning about it, understanding how things work. I still have a lot to learn in the industry. Whether it was one one moment or not, I'm not sure, but a, probably a series of moments that I just kept getting reminded um, that there's so much opportunity and so much to learn. Every day was was something new, a new situation. There was no monotony to this job or this industry. Still today, it still feels very fresh.
0: You're clearly a devoted Maritimer and you had a position as DKI's director for Atlantic Canada. So why not just stay in that role physically, but also mentally where you are close to home?
2: I think the way the industry was moving is that um, they were really knocking down some geographical boundaries and really moving nationally it made sense for us to kind of follow suit with that and you know regional roles made a little bit less sense as as we sort of move forward there's definitely still a, a nice carved out piece of my role that that will still be dedicated to you know the the clients that are that are here uh, the members that are here so that certainly hasn't gone away and won't go away so there'll still be They'll still all see me at the events and and things like that, kind of carrying the the DKI um, flag, so to speak. Certainly here in Atlanta, Canada, and and want to make sure that uh, we're still represented well out here.
0: What did you learn as a regional director that you can now transport to the national level in your new role?
2: member location, you know, I learned that aspect. Uh, But then when I came on with EKI to to see the regional aspect of it, I I was able to see more member locations and how they operated and, and functioned. And then I was also able to see more uh a broader view of of the client approach and and how they would deal with a national banner as opposed to an individual member those years as as the atlantic director were were invaluable for me to kind of gain that perspective from clients um but then also the members and how they function um what their needs are what their wants are and and things like that
0: There's always that fine balance between respecting what has been done, but you also want to bring your own ideas, put your own stamp on it. So where would you like to see DKI's commercial services program leading in the future now that you have some control over it?
2: Yeah, so um I think there's lots of opportunity here for us as as DKI. I think we're well positioned with uh, you know, the clients that we have and the work that we're doing. We're not starting from from scratch here, which is which is incredible. My take on it is. You know, we need to go a little bit deeper with some of our our current clients that we that we have. So, yeah, so we've brought on clients, but it doesn't necessarily always result in a, a ton of work. So those are those are relationships that we need to put time into and really try to grow clients that we have contracts with. We, you know, we have to remind them that that we're still here and ready to do work. So you know, I'd really like to have more depth with our current clients. And then, of course, always looking for new opportunities with new
0: clients. If I were in that boardroom when all of those people were discussing this new position and who should take it on, what do you think they said about Peter Hickey that made them go, yeah, he's the right person for this? A
2: couple things for me. Um, not afraid to to learn new, something new. So um, I did have some familiarity within this department uh, in my previous role, but also that you know I wouldn't be afraid to to take on a challenge. You know, I don't know if resiliency is is maybe the right word, but maybe more like buoyancy. I, I guess I would say that not not afraid to hear no or or have a door shut in my face um and then still kind of uh you know bob along to the to the next uh, opportunity you know I, I guess sort of disrupt a little bit in, in what we were doing to a certain extent and and not be afraid to sort of put my own own twist on on
0: things Peter, we all need a release, something that takes us away from our work, something where we don't have to think about work. So with that, what does coaching basketball mean to you now, given that you have an even bigger job off the court?
2: It's a passion of mine. It's it's um, a, a great opportunity for me to uh, still kind of feel that competitive spirit that that I that I get every once in a while. I coach with my brothers so that's that's a great opportunity for for us. We've been fortunate we coach um, pretty high level athletes so so that's a lot of fun. I coach in the summers with uh, basketball in New Brunswick with the provincial teams, taking a group of athletes and and kind of molding them into a, into a team over, over a season. And, and it culminating with, you know, a provincial championship or a national championship, that sort of process is, is something that, that I find a lot of uh, joy in, I guess. And so, yeah, that's what, that's what it means for me off the court. It kind of checks, checks some, some boxes, um, you know, Maybe as far as hobbies go, it's it's probably maybe a little too high on the stress level uh, stress uh, level at time, um, but uh, yeah, it's something that I really enjoy doing, so it's a lot of fun.
0: Sounds like there's some real transferable skills there too when you talk about team building and how that maybe can relate to your uh, to your other role. Yeah,
2: yeah. Starting over is not the way to say it, but uh, that's sort of the feeling I, I have in terms of the excitement I, I guess I have for what I'm doing. Just feels very untapped and something that, uh, you know, I think i uh, excited to kind of jump into and explore, I guess, and learn. Hi, I'm Peter Hickey. I am the director of the National Programs Group at DKI Canada, and you are listening to Across the Street, Across the Country.
0: Thanks to Peter Hickey and David Goetz for making time for the show. No small feat, given their new, more demanding roles as DKI's Director of National Programs and VP Essential Services, respectively. And thanks to Kate Horton, CEO of Ronald McDonald House Charities Canada, for talking to us about that quarter million dollar milestone. Our theme music creators, gotta thank them too. Daryl James and his Close kick side project when he's not consumed with his other gig as bass player with the strombellas, Cassie Noble for the closing theme you're hearing now. And Graham Lindsay for those musical bridges that tie everything together. We'd like to hear from you. Send us your thoughts and ideas for the show. You can reach us via Instagram, Facebook, and via dki.ca. Across the Street, Across the Country is a production of DKI Canada, a leader in Canadian property restoration, providing services to insurance, commercial, and residential clients from coast to coast. Across the Street, Across the Country is written, produced, and hosted by me, Denis Gringel. Talk to you soon, in a couple of weeks, in fact.
2: We could build a home here
3: If we only stay. Gotta keep it going. For forty years, you know, our communities are your communities. And um, we've been working in those communities side by side with great partners like DKI to ensure that we can be there for families at a really critical time. And um DKI is already there for families at so many critical times and moments and we're just grateful to be traveling this journey together with you and excited to do more to meet the unmet need that exists today. Keep each other warm As long
2: as the world is cold